Well, good morning. Welcome to everyone to Belong Church. And it's a little bit somber this morning, and I think that's a good thing. And um, this is, of course, the day we remember, and we call it Memorial Day weekend, but it's turned into a barbecue time, and it's just another day off. But um, this is the time that we recognize those people who've given their life for us. So I I heard a survey this week of most people think that Memorial Day is just the day that we honor everybody who serves. So if you're currently serving or all that, but that is not what is it. My cousin Shelly actually posted this last night. She said Armed Forces Day is the third Saturday of May, and that is for those who currently wear the uniform. Veterans Day, of course, is November the 11th, and those are for those who used to wear the uniform. And Memorial Day is the last Monday of May for those who never made it out of the uniform. We have a picture um, that is very sombering and really just brings it home of just something. And we can't imagine unless you've been through those situations of having a loved one. And this is just a picture's worth a thousand words. So the picture is of, I believe it's Arlington Cemetery. And you see what I would believe to be a widow, someone who, maybe it's a daughter, but likely a widow. Memorial Day, in case you thought it was just National Barbecue Day. And I love seeing all the flags there and the flowers. But this is a day that we turn our attention. It shouldn't just be about all the great games. And there's nothing wrong with having the games and and the barbecues, but it should be somber for a moment for us to remember because someone, many people gave all, they gave their life for us to be able to have these freedoms we have today. Father, I just thank you for all those people who have given their lives. Lord, we forget so often the freedoms that we have are not free. But they cost so many people. Even in the bumper video, we saw the numbers, the hundreds of thousands of people in the different conflicts and the different wars. God, may we never forget. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. On this Memorial Day, as I was preparing through the week for my message, I started seeing things over and over again and started thinking about our best laid plans And our society is so um, technology-focused and involved, if you will, and just have all these wonderful things. In fact, there's so much that involves concrete. And if you saw my Facebook post, I posted that we're going to be talking about a most unusual topic this morning, and that is concrete. Now, how many times have you heard a preacher talk about concrete? And you might be like scratching your head like I was whenever I kept noticing over and over the skyscrapers that we have, the, the different bridges. And of course, in Dallas, I'm driving on them nine, night and day and mostly at night. But, you know, you see these monstrous different situations. And we, we had a couple of pictures, but we've had so many different things. We're switching over this week. So had some opportunities. I don't think we have any of them ready to go. But you, you've seen them. You've seen the, the bridges going over this one, the ones going underneath that one, and just all of this spaghetti that is concrete. 
We've built skyscrapers that go higher and higher and higher. And there's this ridiculous interchanges that we drive on. And I remember when we first got to the Metroplex, Lenore's driving in the little car that was given to us. It's such a great family in Florida who, who sewed into us. And she's sitting there. She's white-knuckling it going over this bridge by Costco in Louisville where she now works. And she's going like 20 miles an hour because she's scared out of her mind because it's so high up in the air. Even the roads that we drive on have concrete in them. Concrete is everywhere around us. And we use technology, and my brother actually works in concrete. I was going to try and talk with him this week and try and talk to him last night and, and try and, yeah, there's some pictures. You, you've seen this before. We just, we got all this concrete. Look, there's concrete everywhere. Some steel going on in there too, but concrete's what's holding it up. I was going to try and talk to my brother and get some statistics and some, some things to wow you with, but it, it's just amazing what we do and our best laid plans of how we're going to make all this work, how we're going to keep building bigger and better and wonderful. Well, there's a story like that also in the Bible. So if you'll turn with me, if you have your Bibles with you, you can pull them out and go to the beginning of the Bible. We're going to Genesis chapter 11. And for those of you who have your phones, you can find it on your phone. It's on our app. You can go there and you can also see it. It's going to be on the screen behind me, starting with verse one. Now, the whole world had one language and a common speech. And as the people moved eastward, they found a plain in this place and settled there. And they said to each other, come Let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they used bricks instead of stone and tar for mortar. Look at this, verse 4. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves. See, they're not talking about building something for good. They're talking about building themselves up. Let's build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Look at the last part of that. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. Well, the interesting thing is, if you don't know that story, that's what ended up happening. But isn't it funny that they're thinking that they had to do this thing to prop up their ego, to prop up what they were doing and all their technology advances for them to just keep doing this different way and, to, and build higher and bigger and bigger. And we're going to build this up into the heavens. It's going to be the greatest, most grandiose thing. You'll see this for miles and miles, how great we are. Because we're going to build for ourselves. We're going to make a name. And this is to keep us from like being scattered. In fact, what they were really concerned about ended up happening to them. Verse 5, But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. And look at this. Look at this. And this still is true to us. Now, this is what they were doing in building their own name. And follow what I'm saying here. They're building their own ego, their own self-made man. I'm going to do this all by myself. I don't need nobody. I'm thro throwing my thumb in my nose to God. I don't need anything. The Lord said, if as one people, look at that. I'm breaking it down. So I'm, I'm, I'm making this specifically here where it normally flows, but I want you to see this. If as one people speaking the same language, they've begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. So God is the original um, 
person who recognized that when you have one people, that everybody can come together for one common goal. And you speak the same language that, hey, whenever I'm talking to you, you're understanding exactly what I'm saying and vice versa. Man, we can get so much going on. And then when you have plans and you're putting it all together, there's this formula for success. In fact, God says nothing will be impossible for them. Verse 7, so let us come down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there all over the earth, and they stopped building the city. That's why it's called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. And from there, the Lord scattered them all over the face of the whole earth. But we can go back to verse 6. See, God recognized the heart and the momentum that he set in man when we got together and the synergy is working, that if we're working for a bad goal, if we're working towards our ego, nothing is going to be impossible, God says. Remember, this is God speaking. But this is also our formula for doing good. Because if this worked in the negative so much that God says, hey, nothing's going to be impossible for them. I've got to confuse them. Guess who was sitting there taking notes? The devil, the enemy, the person who's always trying to cause confusion in our lives. So now as we have multiple languages, and now it's easier than ever to learn multiple languages, that we are now overcoming this barrier that was set here by God in Genesis 11. Now today we can go and communicate, and I know people that know many different languages. I have a friend who has like six other languages other than English, and English wasn't his first language. We have this ability to go and communicate fluently all over the world, so we're kind of overcoming what is in Genesis 11. But God says, if we can come together as one people, if we can speak the same language, and we can plan, nothing is going to be impossible. There are pictures that I had prepared for you of, of the different buildings that we have today and, and different skyscrapers. And there's one in, in particular uh, that, yeah, there it is, that is in um, this foreign country. And I can't remember which one it is right now. But it, they, they built it so big that, that it's the largest building in the world. But their ego is so out there. And Dr. Kennedy was actually over there and, and came back and told me all about this, that at the very top, if you can see, probably can't see very well, um, but at the very, very top of it, it's got this little pole. And so they made it so if somebody else makes a, t a building that's a little bit taller than theirs, they can actually send somebody up there and crank that pole up higher. So, hey, no matter what, we're going to have the tallest building in the world. Their ego is out of control. In fact, look at all the different ones. It was in Dubai. Oh, thank you, Michael, for having that up there. In Dubai is where that, that city is. But here's China and Saudi Arabia and New York and, and the Taiwan and China and Hong Kong and all of these different buildings that there are. And we, and we just build them taller and taller and our ego gets bigger and bigger. But what is building? What is, what is comprised of most of these? There's glass and there's steel. But what is the foundation? It's concrete. Concrete is putting all of this stuff together 
and causing it all to have this massive, impressive stature. Then there's the Hoover Dam. It was built many, many years ago. And, and I went out to a, a show in Vegas, and my friend and I rented a car, and we went over to the, the Hoover Dam. And it, it, as impressive as it is in this picture, it is way more impressive in person. And this was many, many years ago. And, and we were able to actually go down at the very, very bottom. You see down here, and there's a place you enter, and then you can take some steps in there. And we climbed up, and right here in the very, very middle, there's this little window that you you can look out in the middle of the dam. And it was really, really small in there. And the, the elevator that went all the way to the top took forever. And Lenore could not handle that. Trust me. She would never. When I was telling her about it, she's like, oh, no, I could never do that. I mean, you're like this. And you're like, it's going forever. Because this is such a monstrous, concrete, impressive feat. And, and seeing how they built this and all the hundreds of thousands, probably millions of man hours it took to build this, and all the concrete poured in here. Now, the water just goes back behind there, and then there, it just goes through here, and it's now a source of electricity. It has all of these wonderful things, but it's all concrete. And concrete is, is, is very impressive. As you see this, it's just amazing. When you're standing up there and you're looking down, it's just, it's expansive. It's just amazing. But even concrete is going to crumble. And, and there's some pictures that I found, and I, was, I got to see Amber this week, and I was really, really happy that we got to connect with her. We're able to get her stuff out of storage, and, and she sends her blessings. And I know she's watching online, so hi, Amber. We're so glad you're with us. And the other people that are joining us, of course, online. But as I'm walking through, I saw this part, portion of the place where she's staying, and the concrete was not as new as it would be in other places. In fact, it's kind of cracked up and it's crumbling. And as I knew this was what my message was going to be about this week, I, I snapped a picture and I don't know if it's going to come through. And that, well, that's not it. Thank God it, that's not where Amber lives. But you could see uh, here where the concrete is just this, this disintegrating. And, and even though there's steel in there, it's still just falling out. Here's the picture. You can see where what used to be smooth and wonderful has now become cracked. And you can see that it's not going to be a, a terrible long time in the future, that that's just all going to fall apart. And it was a little bit scary to even step on and walk on. You see the concrete. It's worn out. It's literally disintegrating. So I looked it up, and I'm like, well, what is the biggest composition? What is concrete made out of? And the largest component in concrete is sand. And I, I had the, look at my air quotes, privilege of um, building with my mom sidewalks when I was growing up and mixing a lot of, of concrete. And we had a lot of sand, and then you put the bags of, of the concrete mix in there, and you got to mix it all up, and, and it, you, know, you go through all this stuff. And it's 60 to 75% sand, which is why when it wears out, it disintegrates, and it becomes... So think about the Hoover Dam and all of the sand that it took to make that and all the maintenance it takes to keep that up. Buildings that have stood for many, many years are still in need of repair today. And many of them are so far beyond that there's nothing they can do except to level them 
and to start over. When we built our home in the, in the hill country of Texas when I was really, really young, and my, my brother Sean was just born, he was a baby, and we were there. We, we lived on, on the top of the hill in Ingram Hills, and, and as we got up there, we discovered that it is solid rock, which sounds amazing until you try and build anything on it. And my dad had to use dynamite and drill over a hundred things with a jackhammer into the concrete, I'm sorry, into the rock to dynamite up just to get the drain line for the septic tank. Plus then we built the the pillars up so it would all be level and put the, the, the rods deep into the rock and put concrete up on top of that. It was quite an ordeal. But I started seeing, even as this young child, this just amazing quality of the rock. The scripture says in Deuteronomy 32, verse 4, he, talking about God, is my rock. His works are perfect, and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just is he. Another one in Psalm 18 says, I love you, Lord, my strength. And you see this worship expression from the psalmist going up. Verse 2, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take my refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. He continues on, I called on the Lord who is worthy of praise, and and I've been saved from my enemies. And when you, you see the psalmist, and most of them are written by David and, and the struggles that he had. And everybody's always against him. And, and he didn't have a, a, a red carpet rolled out life. He had these difficulties from day one. So don't we. So don't many people that I talk to during the week that their life is not picture perfect. And people are coming against them, and people are always meddling. And, man, you can't watch a Facebook post or Instagram post without seeing all these different people that someone's coming against them, and they're on blast about how everybody's coming against them. Well, there's nothing new about that. But look at him. He says, I called on the Lord because he's worthy of praise because he's there for me. Can I tell you today, God is there for you just the same. Verse 4, the cords of death entangle me. I thought this thing was going to take me down. It's going to kill me. The torrents of destruction overwhelm me. Remember that word, torrents of destruction. Remember that. It overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. It's like it's pulling me down. The snares of death confronted me. I'm face to face with death. Verse 6, in my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry came before him in his ears. And that's my message to you this morning. If that's you, and as I'm talking about all the struggles and people coming against you, if you're like, yeah, that's me, I can relate to that. Let me tell you, the answer to that is verse 6, I cried to my God. You need God in your life to be able to be there for you no matter what the struggle is. If you feel like the grave is trying to pull you down early too, and you're like, man, I don't see how there's a a solution, and that's where most people end up alone and contemplating suicide. It's like there's no possible way out. The snares of death confront me. I cried to my God. 
for help. Later on in that scripture, chapter 18, verse 32, he goes, but who's God beside the Lord? What else is there? I can turn to every other quote, God, but it's only you, my God, Jehovah, God in heaven. And who is the rock (laughs) except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and keeps me, keeps my way secure. And you see the struggles that David had and all the the terrible situations that he faced and people always coming after him. And then you see the end of his life. At the end of his life, he goes, I was once young and now I'm old. But I've never seen God disappoint. I'm paraphrasing. Never seen God let me down. Where it didn't look like it was going to work out very well for me, I look back now and go, Wow, you were there all along. There's more references, and for those of you taking notes, we're, we're just going to put them up on the screen that you can, you can just ch- look at those later because I, I don't want to take up all the time. But in Psalm 62, verse 2, and so- Psalm 62, verse 6, and Psalm 71, verse 3, and Psalms 89, verse 26, the Lord is my rock. It continually goes into that. The Lord God is my rock. In fact, there's a hymn I grew up singing, On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand. We need to have our lives anchored into the rock. In fact, there's a story that Jesus talked about, a parable about building your house with two different building materials, two different plans. In Luke chapter 6, verse 46, if you'll turn there with me, Jesus is talking. He goes, why do you call me Lord, Lord? In other words, he says, why do you act like you have this relationship with me and that we're buddies, and yet you don't do what I say? You act like we're all great, but it's only words. So when it comes to the actions of your life, You don't live like I'm showing you the way to live. Verse 47, as for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they're like. So he's like, hey, I'm going to paint a picture for you. For those people who come to me, they, they start hearing about things. They're, maybe they're reading their one-year Bible, and, and they're praying to me, and they're, they're walking through the steps, and they're actually putting it into practice. I'm going to show you what their life is like. Verse 48, they're like a man building a house who dug deep, down deep, and laid the foundation on rock. And I can't read this without thinking about my dad building our house and digging deep in the drilling those holes deep and pounding that, those uh, steel rods in there and pouring the, the materials on top of it. And when the flood came, we're not going to see a flood on top of that hill, but in this story, when the flood came, the torrent, remember the torrent that David talked about? The torrent struck that house, but it could not shake it because it was well built. It was anchored in deep into rock. Verse 49, but anyone who hears my voice my words and does not put them into practice is like the man who built on the ground without a foundation. And the moment the torrent struck his house, it collapsed, and the destruction 
was complete. Another writing and another description of this same story is in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus says in verse 24, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And the the rain came, and the storms rose, and the wind blew, and beat against that house. And and we just had so much tornadoes in the past few weeks, and and floods in Oklahoma just north of us. It's like the entire state of Oklahoma is in a state of emergency right now. In places that there hasn't been water, it's now like covering the entire first floor. I mean, just crazy stories. Have you ever been in a situation where the rain just keeps coming? And yes, I'm talking metaphorically, but certainly naturally as well. And you say, what can, is going to happen next? Like, I can't take anymore, and it just keeps coming. And, and not only is the rain coming, but now the, the streams are rising. So what was dry is now a river, and now it's, just, it's not just running. It's rising. It's getting deeper and deeper. And, and now if that's not enough, the wind's blowing, and against that... <coughs> Everything's beating against the house. Yet it did not fall because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like the foolish man who built his house on stand. And the rain came and the storms rose, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Can I tell you that many people are building their lives on themselves? They're, air quotes, self-made. When you're doing that and you're building yourself up, it's like building up your life with concrete. And that sand that's 60 to 75%, it looks good right now, baby. And it's, it's all, it's okay, and it's polished, and maybe you go, wow. And maybe people on the outside are going, man, I wish I was more like you. But one day, the lives come crashing down. Jesus is talking in another place of a parable about the sower and the seeds. And he says, the sower's going out, and he's sowing seeds. And he talks about four different types of ground. Look at this in Luke chapter 8, verse 13. He says, those that fall sowing the seeds on rocky ground or stony ground are the ones that receive the word when they hear it with joy. But it had no root. So it's like Jesus was just saying the previous parable where you hear it and you're like, yeah, 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 Jesus, I'm with you. I got you on that. But then when you don't do it, it had no root. He goes on to say, they believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. As beautiful as the concrete buildings, the skyscrapers, the bridges, the roadways are, can I tell you, our best laid plans are built on sand, and they're only going to last for so long. But when we build our lives on the rock, that is Jesus, everything changes. As I was preparing this message, this this saying came up inside of me. And I don't think I've seen it anywhere else. I think it's original to me. That's not important. But I want to give you this definition. Success is succeeding every day 
in at least one thing, advancing your vision, your dreams, and your goals. And I've heard it said that every day you should do something towards what your vision is. I've heard it said that when you lay your head down, you need to be able to check off one thing, even if it's just a baby step you took towards what you want your future to be. But my definition I want to give you this morning, success is succeeding every day in at least one thing, advancing your vision, your dreams, and your goals. And that could be a wonderful motivational speaker kind of thing to say. How about this? Everyday winning. Hashtag everyday winning. We see if we leave God out of that, then it's still going to be building on sand. It may look good today, but when the storms come, and it's not an if, but when. And the, th- the point that I think most people miss out of that story that Jesus said, both the person who did it right and the person who didn't build wisely, both had the storm. May I suggest to you this morning that every day, succeeding every day in that direction, but advancing in what God has called you to, what God has called you to do is ultimate success. Every day I can be advancing me and building my own beautiful, concrete accomplishments. Or every day I can advance God's purposes. Jeremiah 29, 11 may be familiar to you. God says, for I know the plans that I have for you. God has plans for you. But you can ignore them and just build your life on yourself. I believe that the true change to greatness comes in the daily advances in the plans that the Lord has for us. And the difference in building on the sand with sand-based products or building our lives on the rock, the Lord. I believe the difference is coming into that. Where are you putting your future? Are you going to say, man, I'm just going to advance something for my vision. I'm going to build me every day. And there's nothing wrong ultimately in that. But if I say, hey, I'm going to build me and what God has planned for me, the outcome is completely different. Will you please bow your heads with me? Are you ready to begin? On this Memorial Day, the greatest life sacrifice for you was Jesus. We honor those who sacrifice their lives for our freedom, for our country. But even in the most superlative degree, Jesus gave his life. You can begin building on the rock this morning. That is Christ. Solid rock. That's you. I just want to lead you in a simple prayer. We believe that this prayer is private. That's why we don't invite you to come up to the front. We're not going to take you to a separate room. We're not going to try and make you stand or be embarrassed in any way. This decision is private. Baptism is your public display. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I thought I could do it all on my own. I've made some mistakes. I've built my life on things that aren't rock. My life's a mess, and I need you. 
I ask you to come live inside of me. Save me and change me. Show me what and how to do it. Today, I'm beginning to build my life on the rock. And not living by what I see, but I choose to trust you. I put my faith in you. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Father, I pray for everyone who prayed that prayer. For the one who prayed it for the very first time, maybe this is months and maybe even years in the future that they're going to listen to this and hear this, and Lord, your power and your presence is there just the same as it is today. God, I thank you that your word says over and over again, all of heaven rejoices when one person comes to you. Lord, I thank you for the person who's prayed this prayer many, many times and gave their life again to you this morning. For the person who said, man, I've been building my life on what I thought was building me and I recognize I need to have a change in building it on the plans that God has for me as talked about in Jeremiah. Father, all of us are in need of you showing us direction. Father, I give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we'd love for you to text the word NEXT to 469-289-1114. And that's our church communication um, number. And Michael spoke about it during the announcements. And, and that's we had you send welcome earlier so we can kind of get to know you and gather some information. And, you know, we start the, the process. But right now, this process of taking the next steps, simply text the word NEXT to 469-289-1114. Even if it's in the future and you're hearing this message, we still want you to do that because we want to know what God is doing in your life. We see all the different places that the, the podcast and the YouTube and the video and all these different places. We want to know what's going on in your life. So if you'll stand with me, even those people at home, we just want you to now, we're going to pray a prayer of blessing, and we just want to thank you. For those of you who have prayer requests, you can send us a prayer request, prayer at belongdfw.com. You can send in any questions you have or anything to info at belongdfw.com. And for those of you who want to be a part of our um, financial success as a church, you can give to the church by going to give to belong. Dot com. So everybody standing, we're just going to pray and dismiss. Father, I thank you for every connection card, every text that was sent in to us this morning, every testimony that's given, every prayer request that's come in, Lord. And Lord, I speak a blessing over everyone who's sown into this ministry, to your ministry, to your house. Lord, I thank you that as we begin to build our lives on you, that your blessings come. Father, as a pastor, I stand and I speak a blessing over everyone that is participating, has jumped into that, particularly those who are giving. Lord, I thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.